1: the lady rebels lost to arizona 72 67 in the first round of the ncaa tournament unlv actually had a five point lead starting the fourth quarter arizona went on an 18-3 run uh, at the start of the fourth quarter to take a 10-point lead and ultimately win by five so the lady rebel season ends at 26 and 7 overall they won the mountain west regular season and the conference tournament and then a first round exit in the NCAA tournament as a 13 seed. Um, terrific season. I mean, first time they're in the NCAA tournament in two decades. So it's going to be terrific no matter what happens there. Uh, I am curious to see what happens next because I think when we look at coaches and when they leave programs for for bigger schools, I think one of the key details, if you are trying to put yourself in that coach's shoes, is what do they have coming back? And for UNLV and Lindy The Rock, they basically have this entire roster right. coming back. So for her, it's it's easy to envision. Well, obviously, if she gets some massive offer, you're, you're going to be gone. But it's easy to envision. Like, she could potentially turn down maybe a low-end Power 5 conference job. Arizona State, I think that's open. She could potentially turn it down and say, hey, I'm, I've got a great team. We're, we're all coming back. Like, we're going to be better next year. I'm going to have a better job offer after this next season. Whereas if she did this and you know her best four players were all seniors or something and they were all gone then you'd say well we're rebuilding next year so I might as well leave and go build at a different school I think that's a key detail uh so that's probably the optimism for Lindy the Rock coming back is there's a chance she turns down what would be maybe a higher paying job and a better conference because next year could be really good for UNLV if she's back
0: you watch the game yes yeah I watched it I mean terrific season she did an amazing job obviously it was a great hire by DRF um, even going to the fourth quarter, I never thought they'd win. Yeah, it felt. I didn't, I didn't think they. it just felt like they weren't going to win. They anything. had
1: a banked in three in the third quarter. Yeah, they, I think it's going to their lead to like six points or something like that. And it was like, oh, like they've they've got a shot to do this. But when you're banking in threes and that's your shot yeah. to do it, that's not it's not really sustainable offense the rest of the way. I did not expect Arizona to go on like an 18 three run though. I thought it was going to be a much like, oh, this is coming down to the last 60 seconds right. of the game, not oh Arizona just puts it away somehow in the first five minutes of the fourth quarter.
2: Step back one-legged. What kind of shot is that? Have you ever shot that shot? Do you work on that shot? When?
1: Lights FC beat Phoenix Rising 2-1 on Saturday. They won their home opener. Uh, to give you some context here on the Phoenix Rising, last season, Lights FC went 0-3 and 1 in four matchups against Phoenix. They were outscored 17 to 7 in those four matches against Phoenix last year, but they beat them 2-1 in the home Good opener. Good job. Good they, job by the Lights. Lights got outshot in this game, but they had more shots on goal, Good 6 job. to 4 than Phoenix. And here's another fun stat for you. Lights are 1-1-0, one win, one loss, no draws. This is the first time since June of 2019 the lights FC have had as many wins as losses at any point in a season. Good job. Nice start to the season. I'm on board. What What is the name of
2: the colon tunnel? Um, Colleen the colon. What is their record currently? Whatever the t- whatever fans have to enter through. Well, they've
1: had that in the past and been very bad. Oh, well. OK. Is, yeah, that was nice. their record in 2022 with Colleen the colon. Want to know? their record in the past probably very bad cuz they had it I, they might have had it all of last year they've had it for like almost an entire season in which they were terrible which they've always been terrible but so far optimism this team's going to You weren't there I was not, I was It was on my, I had my four screens going. I had oh, two yeah. NCAA tournament games, the Lady Rebels and Lights FC, okay. four screens running. I was needed a fifth because there was another NCAA tournament game on that I wasn't watching, but I didn't have a fifth to bust out here. I had to use, I have a tablet that I use usually. And then I had to get an old laptop, like a laptop I haven't used in like three or four years, pulled it out and be like, all right, we're, hopefully you work and it did, it went
0: well. Oh, uh, you know, I can't tell you that.
1: The Red Sox signed Trevor Story, a six-year deal worth right, $140 million, That's only $23.3 million a year. Uh, the interesting part about Trevor Story to the Red Sox, not only are the Red Sox pretty good, the AL East is a really good division where a good team's not going to make the playoffs, but they already have Xander Bogarts at shortstop. So Trevor Story is conceivably not playing shortstop. Second base, I guess, is the presumed favorite here. But Xander Bogarts can opt out after this season. And this is sort of viewed as insurance for the Red Sox in case Xander Bogarts does opt out. They have a good shortstop ready to just move over and take over for him.
0: So what's Trevor's story? An outfielder? Second base, probably. Okay.
1: Is is the assumption, I think, at this point, that he's going to play second until Xander Bogarts either leaves or comes back and he just stays a second baseman from here on out. Um, If you're interested in another shortstop that's signed over the weekend, stay tuned for Bischoff's Briefs, where I will not be very happy wow sorry um i got you thank you sorry sorry i'm fascinated to hear your reaction to this (laughs) Uh, the atlanta Braves signed kenley jansen for a one-year deal worth 16 million dollars
0: well it it saves the uh rubber remote you gave me uh it won't be throwing as hard it won't be throwing as often just means somebody else is gonna blow the save blake Trinan, somebody you guys still got Bruce Star Gratterall, right? Yeah, we I got Gratterall. Him. We got Trinan. Gratterall's all over the yards. But he's great.
1: That's why he's great. And he'll throw his hat at the Gratterall's at a
0: little like the uh, the basketball player from TCU. He is, yes. That's Anything why I like he does, him so he, like, much. He starts rubbing he his uh, chest and his hat going crazy. at
2: Manny Machado yes. two seasons ago <laughs> in the playoffs. He's great.
1: I love that guy. Um, I am very excited for Game 7 NLCS. Kenley Jansen trying to close it out against Freddie Freeman with two outs.
0: That would be something.
1: And Freddie Freeman strikes out to end the season. That wouldn't be something.
3: (laughs) Next question. Standing in your corner. Next question.
1: Matt Stafford got a four-year extension from the Rams. Uh, Four years, $160 million. That's 40 per year. By the way, 135 million of that is guaranteed. So nearly all of it. Deshaun Watson got his contract fully guaranteed. So... Stafford gets four years, forty million per year, and what is that? About eighty percent of that fully guaranteed. Is that the market for Derek Carr? I think it's too extension? much for
0: Carr. I don't think he's getting forty a year. Is it an um, easy
1: argument for the Raiders to say that guy just won the Super Bowl? Oh, sure. So we're not giving you
0: forty. Yeah, you haven't won a playoff game. So because here's here's
1: what I've been saying this entire season. I think Carr is in the same tier as Matt Stafford. Right? I think so, I think, too, I except think for what you just said. Well, right. I think there's like a Stafford, Derek Carr, Kirk yes. Cousins. There's yes. somebody else in there. Ryan Tannehill. Like, I think those guys are sort of all in the same tier of quarterback. Right. You can argue who's better than whatever. And I think any of them, if put into the situation that Stafford was last year with the Rams, could have won the Super Bowl. Derek Carr could have won the Super Bowl last year if he was the quarterback of the LA Rams. I don't think Stafford is significantly better than Carr. But... Actually, did it, and Carr hasn't had that good of a team put around him. So, I think you're right that it comes in less than that. But I do think that is a very that's probably the best contract that we've seen in the NFL to sort of base Derek Carr's extension off of. Where that guy's pretty similar to you, but he won the Super Bowl, so you'll get a little bit less than him.
0: Did you see the Carr tweet? If we can talk about that, did you uh, see the about blocking tweet? people? Since some of y'all are sensitive, and I'll remind you that I only want people to encourage, speak life to me, and uplift me in my voice and my life. So if you're blocked, you probably acted like a clown for clout. I still love y'all, but I don't have time for your negativity. It just amazes me he can block people for their negativity when he never listens, reads, or, or hears anything. It's it's just know. It's, it, How does he know if he doesn't read?
1: Doesn't know. Why'd he block Paul Gutierrez?
0: Yeah. Tashaun
1: doesn't know i mean he doesn't read any of this stuff it's just it's fascinating to me i also do like him saying because some of you are sensitive
0: yeah yeah yes 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 because he's not. i sensitive only
2: want positivity yeah i don't want your criticism or negativity
1: y'all are sensitive
2: <laughs> next question
1: uh, Fernando just tweeted at me that he tweeted a lot of stuff. I'm only focusing on this part. Uh, LV lights will be in 10th place in 20 games. If they're in 10th place, that'll be the best season they've ever had. <laughs> so, yes, I hope they are in 10th place. They cut the playoff teams in the USL down to eight, though. So oh. 10th would not get in the playoffs. No, wouldn't get in the playoffs. Wouldn't be good. All right. The Titans traded for Robert Woods. Coming off a torn ACL, he's got a lot of money left on his contract, but they only had to give up a sixth-round pick to L.A. for Robert Woods.
0: The way ACLs are nowadays is probably a good trade.
1: Probably. Um, the contract has a lot to do with it, too. It's very similar to the like Stafford golf trade where there was a first-round pick for Stafford, and then there was a first-round pick to take Jared Goff's contract. A lot of this is the Rams are just simply dumping the contract of Robert Woods. They don't want to continue to pay him and he's got some guaranteed money left on it. And that's why it's only a sixth round pick. But Robert Woods, uh, okay, if you go back before last season when Cooper Cup became the best receiver in the NFL, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup basically had the same type of seasons for like three or four straight years. Cooper Cup had an entry in there. But like Cooper Cup was not significantly better than Robert Woods, not significantly more productive than Robert Woods. They basically had two Right around 1,000-yard receivers for a few years together. Now, cup explodes. Robert Woods has a torn ACL. That's obviously the exact opposite directions. But there's a really good chance that Robert Woods has a great season with the Titans. Sure. I mean, obviously, he's going to be number two to A.J. Brown there. But I, I kind of expect Robert Woods to have a really yeah. good
0: year in Tennessee. Like, I, like think, I said, guys back, guys bounce back from ACLs all the time now. Yeah. It's nothing in yeah. those guys.
1: Like I, I think ultimately, it's probably a pretty
0: good deal for the
1: Titans here. And for the Rams... I, it's hard to say it's a good deal when you only get a sixth round pick back, but they basically replaced Robert Woods with Allen Robinson, so they didn't really lose a whole lot in the equation. They probably got a little bit better with Allen Robinson coming in there. So uh, good deal for the Titans. They've got a they got a weapon there, and unlike the team they actually have to beat in their division, they have a quarterback, too, in Ryan Tannehill, where right now the Colts would be starting. Do we know? I don't know if they – do they have a quarterback on no. the roster? Okay. Uh, okay.
2: Man, you know that's a great
1: question. I
2: mean, Case Keenum got traded for him. Yeah, like, you look very confused. He, he like, played a play- Case Keenum has won a playoff game in the last what? Ten
1: years? Uh, let's see. Can we can we figure this out in a fairly quick manner? Who sure. their quarterback you is? Go,
2: uh... <laughs> no, no, we can't. We can't. All we right. can't
1: do it. I don't see one. I'm looking, looking at the their roster. They there it is. There it is. Sam Ellinger. The guy from oh, Texas. Oh, Texas guy. Yes. Sam is, Elger, and his backup is James Morgan. What a year for the Colts. That's incredible. They're going to have a great season. It's going to be awesome. All right, last one for you. The Raiders signed Garrett Gilbert.
0: Boy, I wonder where this guy's from. Was on the Patriots practice squad
1: twice. Yes, twice. Uh, he has played eight career games, has two starts, one touchdown, one pick. I assume he's a third stringer. I assume I, there's do you assume another he's on the team. That's a good. That's a good question. I assume he's the third stringer until they got to cut players, and then he's off the roster. Where's
2: Peterman playing?
1: Nowhere. He has not been. There. That's right, Jared. You should be mad. Where is your hot take that McDaniel's and Ziggler have failed season because they haven't signed Nathan Peterman and instead signed Garrett Gilbert? He has should sign Nate Peterman. Jared, you're looking it up. He has not signed anywhere yet. Yeah, no, I'm telling you, like, we will cover it wall-to-wall when he signs somewhere. If Nathan signs Peterman. Somewhere.
0: Nathan Michael Peterman is an American football quarterback who is a free agent. Oh, it's too bad. It's three. too bad. <laughs>
1: touchdown interception
2: ratio, 3 to 12. All right, coming up next. <laughs> Gentleman's
1: 12. Are the Golden Knights going to do anything before the trade deadline?
2: with Ramirez with the Associated Press. Logan ask Peter this if if he is able to see from the bench period by period a confidence level growing not just game by game do you feel that on the ice each period from last game to this game going back for integration come back do you feel your own
1: personal confidence level growing uh yeah I mean I think it's just the more reps I get the more you know comfortable I get and uh, I was able to uh To get in the game early. And yeah, I definitely just kept building
3: off it. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler.
1: Marc Andre Fleury has been traded to the Minnesota Wild. Guess who plays the Minnesota Wild tonight? Can he get there in time? I'm guessing not. I'm guessing not. I'm guessing he does not play tonight, but that would have been fun. Oh. Would have been hilarious. Can they can they push the game back at I think the Golden Knights play tomorrow too. Can they put can they flip those? Send the Golden Knights wherever the hell they're supposed to go tomorrow uh, instead. Where are they going tomorrow? Winnipeg? Uh yeah, it is Winnipeg. That's probably tough to do. Get out of play and get to Winnipeg so you can play Marc-Andre Fleury tomorrow. <laughs> Make it happen. It's good for TV. Let's go. So Marc-Andre Fleury's on his way to Minnesota. Uh, the Wild sent the Chicago a second-round pick that can become a first-round pick. What are the conditions you
0: just read off? Second round pick, let me see here. Second round pick becomes the first for the Blackhawks if Minnesota reaches the Western Conference final and Fleury accounts for four more wins in the first two rounds. Well So they got a second I mean, round they, pick for Marc Andre Fleury. Yeah, if they reach the Western Conference final, and he's their goalie. I hope he gets four wins. <laughs> like be hard for him not to it'd be hard for him not to if he's the goalie. <laughs> It would be kind of funny on Chicago. If he had three wins? Yeah,
1: if somehow they go to the Western Conference Final and Fleury is not the goalie. And he's not the goalie. He's like, wait a minute. Like, the Wild are out here trying to trade for a goalie to bolster their goaltending. And yeah. so, some, some other bum is like, yeah, I'm just going to be better They got a,
0: a second-round pick for Mark yeah, that's what they got for him. Which,
1: by the way, Fleury has not been very good this year. He has had a bad season. Like, one of his worst career seasons by save percentage goals saved above average and all that. He's not been good. Like it's a miracle that Minnesota, that Chicago got a second for what's been a bad goalie this year. So he's off to Minnesota, which means he's not coming to Vegas. The trade deadline is in about three and a half hours. Oh, Cam Talbot starting for the wild officially. Uh, ah, yeah. it's that only, was, that it, was a very short lived, like yeah. five minutes of us. thinking yeah. it's Flurry only about a on 90 a minute flight. Right, that Flurry <laughs> could get on a plane and get there and, and get going. And listen, Does the goalie really need to know like the system and all that? No, No, stop the the guy in there. The puck's coming at you. Knock it down. Catch it. Send it somewhere that's not on goal. Like, I could have done that. Would have been way more fun that way. So Flurry's on the move. Here's a question for you.
0: Do the Golden Knights do anything before noon? Not, well, they're not going to do the splash they've done in the past. There's just no chance of that. Um, I'm, I'm interested. I mean, obviously one goalie's off the market, even though they said they'd never bring him back. Um, we don't know how hurt Robin Leonard is. I mean, it's lower body injury, whatever that means. Uh, Logan Thompson has played well for two straight games and maybe Logan Thompson can take you through the next, however many games Leonard's out. But I can't believe you're in your mind. You can go into the playoffs with Logan Thompson. You obviously think if they, if they don't do anything today, they obviously think Leonard's coming back. Um, so I don't, I'm fascinated to see if they just stay with Logan Thompson. They don't do anything. And that being said, I'm not going to pretend I know every goalie on the market um, and if it, any of them would even make sense at this point more than Logan Thompson. But I don't think they do much. I don't even know if they do anything at all. Here's a fun fact for you.
1: Logan Thompson has a higher save percentage than Marc-Andre Fleury this season.
0: Played in six games. <laughs> but <laughs> he has a higher save percentage. <laughs> Just saying, a second-round <laughs> pick for this flurry guy, Logan
1: Thompson, might be better. The Golden Knights should be selling in the next three and a half hours, and selling means trading away guys that are not going to be on the roster next season, like
0: Riley Smith. And
1: if there's a restricted or excuse me, unrestricted free agent like Matias Janmark and Riley Smith they should be traded. Now, Riley Smith is hurt at the moment, so that might make that a little bit more difficult. But if they, and and beyond unrestricted free agents, if they are just looking out there and they're like, you know, we really don't want to have this Evgeny Tadonov guy back for $5 million, right? Anybody that they're looking out there and saying, we think we're going to move on from this guy in the offseason, they should be trading them now, but especially the unrestricted free agents. Because if you don't do anything, and Riley Smith and Matias Janmark are on this team after noon, Right. And then this season, you whatever, maybe you make the playoffs, lose in the first round, maybe even win a playoff series and lose in the second round. And then those two walk in the offseason for nothing. You you will have lost them for nothing in a year that you weren't going to win the Stanley Cup. And that's mismanagement. Riley Smith and Matias Mark, if they're not planning on re-signing them,
0: should be traded in the next three and a half hours. I don't think they're going to do that. I don't think so either. If I had to bet... And and by the way, what you said, we don't know about the Smith injury also. So right. So we don't know what that val- is, value he would yes. have at this point. Uh, if I had to bet, they do nothing
1: or nothing significant. I'd bet they... they We don't have a significant... We like aren't starting the show tomorrow with a significant Golden Knights no. trade. Like maybe they trade for like yeah, a backup six. goalie that yeah. can come in and play some minutes here because Leonard's going to be out for however long. Or maybe they trade for a forward so... Will Carrier doesn't have to be a second line winger for the rest of the season. Like maybe there's something that happens, but I'm, I'm guessing nothing significant. I'm guessing they're going to sit it out and basically say, Hey, if we're lucky and everybody gets healthy, then we got a shot. shot." If they don't get healthy, we're not going to go all in this year and have a, you know, will Carrier as a second line winger or something like that in a playoff series because we didn't get healthy.
2: This is a little tangential, but how annoyed do you have to be if you had
0: tickets to the Blackhawks uh, um, Vegas game At noon on Saturday? Oh, that's right, <laughs> noon on Saturday. Man, which that's we'll be point. giving away. <laughs> we have a pair of tickets of those. We're gonna we're gonna give away a pair of tickets of those
1: in like thirty minutes. So stay tuned. Um, <laughs> but yeah, not you ideal. will not be seeing Marc-Andre Fleur. <laughs> you won't be. Not at all. That's okay. He's not any good this year. Logan Thompson's better. You might get to see Logan Thompson, which, by the way, on the goaltending, back-to-back games he started. They've won both. He's got a nine-four-six save percentage in those two games. He's uh, allowed four goals total in those two games. Um, he's the guy right now, right? Like, you're not going back to Laurent Brassois anytime soon. I, think I think guess they have back, a back, to Le- to back I think
0: you're going back to Laurent Bersaud like either tonight or tomorrow night Right. Well, no, start Logan Thompson both games. How old is he? He's got, what did you just tell me, six starts this year? He's got six starts. Five. No, he's got five starts in six games because he had to uh, replace Bersaud. Play him. Play when him he both. he gave him up. Uh, what are you saving him for? His... What are you saving him for? Play him in both.
1: He's not played that much. He's Mark, rested.
0: Mark andre Fleury, the first reigning Vezina Trophy winner to be dealt in history on trade deadline day. He's got to be the first Vesna to be
1: traded twice within a year of winning the Vesna. He's got to be. No, there there can't be
0: somebody else. You've that's won been the Super Bowl twice. MVP, we're trading you twice in the next 2 years. <laughs> like, what? Been traded I mean that's twice. that's
2: almost a Hall of Fame
0: resume and it's <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> I have another question for you. Golden Knights by the way, they got a big win um against the LA Kings. Their uh, playoff battle with the LA Kings here. Should Jack Eichel have played?
0: Well, that, I, I love to answer those questions with, I have no idea because I have no idea what the injury was. You never, you just never know what these people, is it a bruise? Now he didn't take any draws. He didn't take any face offs no So face-offs. that means there's, there's something, probably something he's, with his hand. Okay. There's probably something with his hand.
1: He leaves Thursday's game with hand arm. He blocked a shot. But again, we don't know what Pete DeBoer then said he was not going to play on Saturday. Pete DeBoer intimated actually the next day that it could be long term. Right. Then he came back and played on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, and he did not take a face-off, like you said. So very clearly, he is not 100%, right? right. Regardless of what the injury no, he is, he He is not 100%. Yeah. I think it was dumb that Jack Eichel played in that game on Saturday. Because what you're doing by having Jack Eichel play in that game is you're holding on to that small slimmer that you could win the Stanley Cup this year. That small sliver of hope that, hey, if we get healthy, we can win the Stanley Cup. And playing Jack Eichel through that injury was like, well, it's a big game. If Jack Eichel can play, he should play. Like, no, you're not, you're not winning the Stanley Cup this year. Forcing a guy who sat out because he had neck surgery to play through an arm or a hand injury because, uh-oh, we've got a 50% chance to make the playoffs and a 1% chance to win the Stanley Cup. That's stupid. That's genuinely stupid. Like, that's a dumb thing to do. When the entire roster is sitting out on IR or long-term IR, because of injuries, I think it was very dumb
0: yeah. that Jack Eichel played in that game. I'd love to know injuries. I'd love to know any of these injuries. I, I just... Every, every every time that someone goes down, it's up or lower. I don't know why. Especially guys on long-term IR. What's... What do you think is gonna happen? Like long-term IR, like what they're on long-term IR. What's gonna happen if you see what the injury is? They're gonna find
1: out Robin Leonard has a shoulder injury
0: and they're just gonna punch him right yeah. in the shoulder. They're just gonna come down and say, crash into him yeah. on
1: purpose. Which would be a penalty and yeah. you know, it's, it happens. They're gonna they're gonna aim for his knee when they shoot on net, which would be a good thing for Robin Leonard, because now they're not scoring goals. They're hitting you in the knee. That's great. All right, coming up next, David Shane joins the show. Kings still with it side of the goal they score Philip Denneau
2: follows it up lifts it over Thompson and the Kings are on the board.
1: Nothing We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Joining us now from the Review Journal is David Shane.
3: Good morning, Dave. Can you explain David? to
1: us why Flurry can't get on a plane and start the game tonight against the
3: Golden Knights? Well, I guess other than the fact that he played last night, He got pulled. That's he got pulled, right? Oh, so, he's got you know, the a rest. Fresh, but you know, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, to be official, Dean Evison did say Cam Talbot will start for the Wild tonight. So you know, no, no fun storyline in that regard. But maybe, maybe he'll like show up and like. Be on the bench or something and wave and do something <laughs> fun. Like, it's Marc-Andre Fleury. He's got to do something like that, right?
1: What if Cam Talbot <laughs> gives up, like, four goals and ten shots in the first yeah. period? They pull yeah, him for gotta, Fleury? got to
3: put him in, right? Got to put him in then. Oh, oh, such yeah. a disappointment. So, nice. um, so,
0: what does this, I mean, how big a difference is it?
3: Well, for the Wild, Yeah. Uh, you know, it depends on which Marc-Andre Fleury I think you're getting. You know, to be quite honest, if you're, you know, start looking at some of the you know analytics and the goal save above average and all those fun things. You know he hasn't been all that great this year. And you know not to twist this too much back to the Golden Knights conversation, but everybody that wanted Mark Andre Fleury, you know, back and all that. Like, I mean, yeah, he's a reigning veteran, a trophy winner, and yeah, at Chicago and they struggle defensively. But I mean, he's had a couple stretches where he's played well, and other than that, like he's kind of looked his age a little bit. So you know, you're gambling if you're the Wild that you know you can catch lightning in a bottle. A little bit, maybe get him hot for the playoffs. Um I said this to a couple of the you know, our colleagues, Danny Webster and Ben Goats and uh Justin Emerson as well. Um just that I think it's funny because Minnesota is the one team that Mark Andre Fleury could like never beat. I don't know if it's like the green uniforms or that arena or what, but I so I just think it's funny that he always struggled against them and then they go and get him for, you know, potential playoff run. Well,
1: can't lose to him if you're on him. Um <laughs> Exactly. Is is Logan
3: Thompson good? You know what? I'm still not entirely sure. He looked good the other night. He definitely looked good against San Jose earlier in the season when the Knights played really well in front of him. I thought he played well enough against Florida to kind of match what the Golden Knights had been doing leading up to that to get them, you know, a big two points. I don't, you know, are you asking me, can he be an NHL backup? I think so. Is he going to be the guy that carries them? Ultimately, I, I'm i still skeptical in that regard. But for right now, they need somebody to give them just some saves back there. Flat out, Pete DeBoer was, you know, after that Winnipeg game, I mean, it, it was very obvious his frustration that they just couldn't get any saves. And if Logan Thompson is going to hang in there and give him a few saves right now and you know, get them some points until maybe Robin Leonard can come back, you know, then then maybe that changes what they do here at the deadline for the next couple hours.
0: I, I actually liked, uh, when DeBoer was asked, why did you start him a second straight game? Because we need to win. (laughs) Hello, (laughs) Brassois. My goodness.
3: I mean, it's a pretty loud message, you know? (laughs) I I mean, just the fact that he started him, I think, you know, back-to-back games was, was kind of, uh, You know, pretty loud and clear how he feels about where (laughs) Brossois' game is at right now.
1: Is there any chance Thompson starts tonight and tomorrow when they play back-to-back?
3: So here's the thing with that is the whole notion of starting Brossois in Winnipeg. And after what happened last week and the fact that he didn't respond well to, you know, going back to a revenge game, you know, in that arena and all that, I don't know if you want to put him in that situation. Look, I'll be really honest. Like, I am terrible when it comes to figuring out this boy stuff. I've been terrible for five <laughs> years. Like, every time I thought Subban would play like it was somebody else or, you know, like, I'm just the worst judge of this, I guess, when it comes down to it. I would assume that you want to avoid bro SWAT in Winnipeg. But Thompson is playing well right now. And I don't see how you can take him out after that game on Saturday. So. You know, you, you go with him, and then yeah, maybe if he got to come back with him, if he if he plays well against Minnesota tonight, you know, maybe maybe you just got to keep rolling with him.
0: Uh, Kelly McCrimmon will address the media at two thirty. When he addresses the media, what will he say about what they did, if anything?
3: Yeah, you know, I think that's kind of the mystery here: is, is what are they going to do? What could they do? I don't, you know, the goalie thing. I, it, you know, we, we kind of talked about just now is. Maybe the most intriguing thing, I, I'm skeptical. I know, I haven't heard a whole lot this morning, and I know yesterday when I made a few phone calls, there just didn't seem to be a lot of buzz around them. Uh, normally there is. You know, they, they always seem to be the team that, you know, jumps in and, and you know, the Mark Stone trade or, or, you know, clearly like a Robin Leonard, I think. We didn't see that one coming, you know, right away a couple years ago, but Alec Martinez a few days before, you know, those types of things, like you kind of hear something. They haven't been linked with it really anybody um, other than just kind of what they've done due diligence-wise, you know, kicking the tires on people and, and just basically doing their job. You know, that's what GMs do. They make phone calls and they find out who's available. So I, I would be surprised if it's anything big. Uh, I would expect just because it's the nights and they seem to have to do something, uh, they got an itch, they got to scratch it, you know, and maybe do, you know, small type of move around the periphery. You know, maybe something similar to, like, what they did with Matias Yanmark, You know, that type of move last year, a bottom six, middle six. You know, maybe a role player type of guy. You know, but I also kind of feel like if they're in the position they are right now, their best shot is to just try to get healthy and roll the dice. And, you know, maybe you get Colorado on a, you know, looking ahead and you avoid that Daryl Sutter, you know, waste of eight days kind of thing.
1: Uh, I have a tweet for both of you. Um, this is from Frank Saravali. In case you were wondering, Blackhawks informed Mark Andre Fleury of the trade to Minnesota well ahead of the trade call. Sounds like he was continually <laughs> kept in the loop by <laughs> Kyle Davidson. Do the Golden Knights? Oh my God. Do they hate anybody's Twitter account more than they hate Frank Saravalli this year?
3: Um, yeah, maybe Alan Walsh is like. Yeah, I was going to say, or or his main
0: source, Alan Walsh.
3: No. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, they're never going to live that down. That's the, the, you know, the funny thing. I don't, I think it's Adam Hill who said this and maybe some other people too. Like when it really comes to all that, the Knights were fighting a PR war that they had no idea they were even in. And you know, the, like they didn't even realize they were in a PR battle with all that before they had just lost that war. I mean, there's no coming back from it.
1: Um, all right. How should they, How how do you think the front office should be viewing the next few hours here? Like, Should they be looking at it from, hey, uh, this team on paper can win a Stanley Cup, so we should do everything we can to try to make that happen despite the injury? Should they be looking at it saying, this year it's just not going to happen, we need to maximize whatever we can to make next year's team better? Like, How do you think they should be approaching the next three hours before the deadline?
3: So, I'm in more of the opinion of the latter, but I also don't think you punt. I, and and I think that's maybe the caution. Maybe that's where I agree. And I'm not gonna. I, I apologize for like pulling him into the this conversation. But like Ken Bulky with Simbin, like it feels like he's much more of in the punt kind of department. And I, I don't think you can just do that. But what I think you can do is say, okay, you know, behind the scenes. They know what Mark Stone's status is and what Max Pacioretty status is, even though he went on IR yesterday. And like where some of these guys are at. And if they know that they're just going to like work them behind the scenes, and then they're going to bring back this wave of of you know reinforcements here for the playoffs, and they feel like they can make a run with that, they've sort of made their their big trade deadline move in November. You know that that was the Eichel deal. So in that sense, I definitely don't feel like you do anything big. I definitely don't think you have to go get a goaltender if you feel like Robin Leonard can come back at any point and I don't think you mortgage the future for, for something like that but I do this this is the one thing that I feel like and I know I'm old school and I'm a dinosaur on this I feel like they need some kind of sandpaper some kind of toughness in either the defense core or the bottom six the, just that element of a little bit of intimidation and, and heaviness to their game, it just feels like it's lacking a little bit. I know it's cliche to say that it changes in the playoffs and all that, but it does. They call the game differently, and you know things get tighter and and things get played a different way. And I think you need certain guys sometimes. And and I think maybe if the Knights can add a little bit, you know, around the edges in that regard, that's that's where Kelly McCrimmon should be looking.
1: Is that lack of heaviness solved if
3: suddenly brade McNabb and Alec Martinez were healthy? I definitely think it helped. I definitely think, you know, Braden McNabb in particular, but I do feel like there's something missing just on the forecheck. And and Carrier, I think, has, has been a little bit more physical lately. Um, but just that change in his game and that change in the fourth line, you know, they, they've admitted they they want to be a little more skilled down there. They're not looking to bang bodies and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, I talk about all of these things that I think they need, and they might be behind closed doors going, you know what, Dave? That's not where we're going right now. That's not where the game is at in, in 2022. And and we think we have enough skill and enough physicality the way that we're constructed. So, you know, maybe there's a philosophical difference in that regard. Um, but for me, I, I just feel like up front, there, there's just one guy with a little bit of edge his game that could add a whole lot to this team it would just drag them into the fight in certain games and, and I feel like there' that's some that's missing at times from this team
1: you've said a lot of words to not say Ryan Reeves
3: yeah I know I know <laughs> and, and I don't and, I, and I'm not saying Ryan Reeves um, and I'm not even saying somebody like that but I do think you know maybe a Nick cousins clone maybe not obviously him exactly but just somebody who can do the things that he does. You know, I don't think it has to be somebody that punches people in the face, but I definitely think it has to be somebody who, you know, has has some edge to him and some spark, you know, maybe maybe chirps a little bit. Just just something. It feels like this team, you know, is missing a little bit of that.
0: Is Daddy back?
3: Uh, it feels like a little bit, yeah. I mean, if this was the daddy as I do the air quotes that they could have gotten all year none of us would you know have been about you know waste of five million dollar cap space and all that sort of stuff like suddenly it looks a little bit more you know like what they were expecting the, the problem for me is still in the power play I just don't like the whole bumper thing it doesn't seem to work they don't seem to work him well there I would just rather see them kind of switch that formation up should daddy ever be interviewed <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, probably in a one on one situation, right? <laughs> Poor daddy. But you know what? Like, look, this is the other thing, too. And I've always said this I admire anybody that can get up there in a second language yes. and communicate anything because I couldn't imagine having to do it. I couldn't imagine having to express frustration, you know, or anything like that in a second language. So I will always cut him and and anybody else slack
0: No, I regard. it has nothing I think it's I think you're right on on the second language. Anyone who could do that, I could never do that. That's amazing. It just seems like daddy doesn't want to be interviewed.
3: Yeah, you know, and and I feel like it's tough for him, you know, just with the hockey and with with the political stuff going on right now. Right. Right. No. It, he knows he's going to get the questions and yeah, he can't probably express himself fully. Um and so it's easier to just kind of not say anything and uh, you know, it's tough for us, but I, I guess I can respect that. I understand that.
1: Well, he's David Shade from the Review Journal. Uh, before we go, is Daddy the most uncomfortable player nickname for the Golden Knights?
3: A hundred percent. Yeah.
0: Thanks, Dave. See you, Dave. Thanks. Take care, guys. They had Daddy on uh, on um, one of the in-between in interviews after the, after the uh, you know, I think it was after the first period he scored. And I felt so bad for him. Cause, and Dave's right. Second language, you can do that. All props to you. Very, very difficult, I'd assume, because I can't do it, and none of me in here can do it. But I, will say I can't this. do it in English. <laughs> I will say, um, Ashley asked him one question, and the look in his face was, I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> I don't want to be here. Can I please not be here? <laughs> it felt bad for Daddy.
1: Jared, do you know how much I love seven-time Nevada sports Rider of the year, Ed Grady? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but it was—it was least it, was "It was the jab. Of, it was the jab of like, like he's gonna get a text later from
1: Dave. That's just <laughs> like, really every question, Daddy. <laughs> All right, coming up next, the Oakland days—they're not actually coming here. But first. We've got tickets. You want to go see the Golden Knights take on the Chicago Blackhawks and not Marc-Andre Fleury on Saturday, March 26th. Game starts at noon. We've got a pair of tickets for you right now. 702-364-1100. Golden Knights, Blackhawks this Saturday at noon. pair of tickets for you. 702-364-1100. We'll take caller number 11 at 702-364-1100. The pinstripes, it brought something different out of me. I tell everybody, the pinstripes, the, the material weighs a little bit more than the other uniforms. It's the expectation and, and uh, you know, the pressure that comes with those pinstripes, and it brought the best out of me. That's why everybody, you know, is not made, you know, to play in a Yankee uniform.
0: It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las
3: Vegas.
1: NHL trade deadline is in a little over three hours. Uh, David Pagnatta from the fourth periods tweeted Vegas is weighing his options ahead of the deadline with respect to Riley Smith told it's possible he's moved today, but Vegas has also explored an extension. They have cap issues, something to watch. Uh, All right. So that's a lot to say that a okay. lot to say, maybe nothing other than they have talked an extension. Um, which is maybe also the most, talk trade. Yeah, which is maybe the interesting part, which, by the way, they should do one of the two today. Riley Smith is an unrestricted Yeah, free I mean, agent. decide
0: whether you're keeping him or not. They
1: should make that decision today. If Riley Smith is going to be a part of this team next year, then sign him to an extension today. If Riley Smith is not going to be a part of this team next year, trade him away and get back whatever second-round pick or whatever you could get for Riley right. Smith on an expiring deal. That should be the move. I would also... Here's what I would find interesting: Would they potentially sign Riley Smith to an extension? And maybe they don't announce it today. Maybe they just agree to it and it gets announced tomorrow or something. But would they effectively sign him to an or agree to an extension and then trade somebody like Evgeny Tadanov today because they both make the same salary at the moment? Basically, say we're going to keep Riley Smith next year and we're trading Evgeny Tadanov.
0: Let's see. They play tonight, right? Four six. There's really no deadline, but if there was a deadline, they would announce it at 9:55 at night <laughs> because that's usually when they announce Nate Schmidt, all these extensions. It was it's beautiful. They 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 announce everything at 9:55 at night. Uh, so I'm not I'm gonna wait around till then. But They'll uh, wait that's until a, they
1: lose a game and then announce yeah. the extension right after
0: a loss. That's a good point. I haven't even thought of that. Where if they're trying to move somebody, maybe they like Riley a lot more. than Dodonov. I know Dodonov. Like we said, five goals in seven games, so he's kind of coming around. But. They have cap issues, like like the tweet said. They have cap space, so if they do sign an extension, maybe they do move someone. They're both $5 million guys, right? Right, and from a pure
1: leverage standpoint for the Golden Knights, like just pure leverage, if they, like let's say they want to trade Evgeny Dodonov because they want to keep Riley Smith. If they wait to do it in the offseason, because technically they could wait to do it in the offseason because uh, Dodonov is under contract for one more season, but if they wait to do it in the offseason, the Golden Knights are going to be in salary cap trouble in the off season, right? Once these guys are off long term IR, they're they're over the cap, they're illegal. Now in the off season, you can go a little bit over, but they won't have leverage in the off season because just like the flurry trade, everybody will know. Well, Vegas has to unload some salary here. If they trade to Donoff right now, they have a lot more leverage than they, they will in more the off leverage, Sure because A, they don't have salary cap issues right now because so many guys are on long-term IR, and B, if you're trading at the deadline, there is a, you know, that timeline in which teams that want to buy assets have to do something. So they will be more likely to give something up for Evgeny Dodonov. So if you are keeping Riley Smith beyond this year and trading Evgeny Dodonov, and it doesn't have to be Dodonov, it can be somebody else, right? Hell, it could be Shea Theodore. You could throw his name in there trading them now makes a lot more sense than waiting until the offseason because leverage-wise you will have more. And conceivably, because of a trade deadline, you can probably get more for him than you would waiting until the offseason. I
0: mean, I wonder if these trade talks have anything to do. Again, what's his injury? Oh, I don't know. Nobody knows. Right, exactly. What is, has, have they even said upper or lower body with him?
1: Um, I do not I remember. I don't even
0: remember the, saying that about him. Uh, Just that he was out. Yeah, I don't remember what Riley Smith is. Is he officially on IR?
1: Uh, He's on IR, but not Not long-term IR. Um, Mark Stone, Alec Martinez, and Jake Bischoff are the three Golden Knights on long-term IR. Uh, But right now, just on regular old IR... Max Pacioretty, Robin Leonard, Riley Smith, and Braden McNabb. They have 19.5 million on regular IR and 15.5
0: million on LTIR, long term. 14.8 of which is uh no, well, Al Martinez. Okay, yeah. I was gonna say your guy Bischoff comes well, in at he's, point. He's point contributing seven hundred thousand uh, dollars to, to that, 15 and to that a half 15 million?
1: million? Yes, so just under fifteen million if you don't count Jake Bischoff. So trade deadline again coming up at noon Pacific time. Today, don't know if the Golden Knights actually do anything, uh, but they probably should do something with regards to looking at the future and not be going all in. I can't wait for us to come on the show tomorrow and them have like acquired some $7 million player out of nowhere. It'll be funny.